It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Good evening and thanks for joining us. We start with some breaking news from Richmond tonight where a worker has died on the job at an industrialist site. Uh, Jeff Hastings has all the details on this story. Jeff, uh, where did this happen, first of all? The incident took place early this afternoon. Workplace BC, WorkSafe BC rather, called shortly after 1 o'clock to the Richmond Plywood Facility. That's in the 13900 block of Vulcan Way. A spokesperson confirms to us that one person was injured and later died, but at this point... They're unable to release any more information about what happened. Fire Rescue says the accident involves machinery. We're told the RCMP is involved in the investigation along with WorkSafe. There's no suggestion yet on what led to the accident. Sonia? All right, Jeff, thanks very much for the details you had so far. Thank you. Chaos inside a WestJet plane after it's hit by another plane at Toronto's Pearson Airport last night. The collision's so strong, it sparked a fire. Paul Johnson tells us what happened. Well, we had landed right on time. Sarah Brown Duncan and her fellow passengers had just touched down at Pearson. The BC-raised woman was coming home after a trip to Mexico when she felt something that wasn't right. The plane shook and everyone was kind of gasp air. The WestJet 737 they were on had been clipped by an empty Sunwing plane that was being towed. A low-speed collision on a tarmac is always serious, but this was a full-on emergency. I could see flame. I knew it was a fire. The collision had sparked a fire in the tail of the Sunwing jet. So the captain of the WestJet plane ordered everyone out and deployed the evacuation slides. Media, 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 WestJet uh, 2425, we're evacuated. It was pretty hectic. Lots of people were screaming and trying to get their things from the um, carry-on compartments. Getting their things out of overhead compartments. Air crews tell Global News that's a totally irresponsible thing to do in an evacuation. You can potentially be putting a half or a quarter of the aircraft in, in jeopardy of burning up on that plane just because you have stopped to get your bag. People react really differently in times of such a stressful situation. Leave everything! Get out! Some passengers reported such a high level of confusion that they couldn't hear instructions from the crew and weren't sure what to do. As for Sarah, who's an experienced flyer and admits she doesn't usually watch the safety video. You can bet that might change on her next trip. It was as good as it could have been in such a stressful situation. Paul Johnson, Global News. The pilot of a seaplane from North Vancouver who died in a plane crash in Australia on New Year's Eve is set to be honoured next week. Gareth Morgan was killed along with five other people a week ago when the plane he was piloting crashed into a river north of Sydney. There is going to be a memorial for the 44-year-old there on Wednesday. A statement from the family says that they are grateful to everyone who has helped them in the wake of the tragedy. The cause of the crash still being investigated. And on Friday, the funeral for two young sisters will be held at Victoria's Christchurch Cathedral. Six-year-old Chloe Barry and her sister Aubrey, who was four, were found murdered in their father's Oak Bay apartment on Christmas Day. 
43-year-old Andrew Berry now faces charges of second-degree murder. Court documents have revealed there was a custody battle going on between their estranged parents. In the North Okanagan, a 49-year-old woman has survived after being shot at in a Vernon apartment early this morning. Officers were called to the apartment in the 3700 block of 24th Avenue just after 1 o'clock this morning. The injured woman found inside. Police have marked off what appears to be two bullet holes in a ground floor window. A neighbor telling Global News that he heard two gunshots, adding that a gun had also been fired in the area last week. No more information being released by the police at this stage, except to say that this attack did appear to be targeted. They are appealing to witnesses to come forward. The local Iranian community showing their support for those struggling in their homeland today. Tensions across Iran have reached a boiling point over this past week. People taking to the streets, angry at the country's poor economy. Nadia Stewart reports. Though they are far from their homeland, the challenges those face back home weigh heavily on the hearts and minds of those here. There is no basic human rights in Iran. Women have no rights in Iran. Workers have no rights. There is no rights of organization, assembly, or anything that people uh, can express themselves. They want a better life. They want a, uh, good wages uh, and freedom and equality. That's all they want. The desire for a better life and frustration over sanctions, rising fuel and food prices prompting clashes in the streets, the likes of which haven't been seen since the 2009 Green Movement. People fed up with the state of government. On the street, they say uh, uh, reformist or hardliner, you both are over. We want to get rid of the whole uh, Islamic Republic of Iran. That sentiment is unprecedented, he says, and not without opposition. Even in Vancouver, a shouting match erupts between those who want change and those who don't. But for the most part, those here say change is desperately needed. And while it might look messy to some, this is how it starts. The world has to listen because the people who shape the history are the ordinary people. Nadia Stork, Global News. A man that's been on the run for eight days after escaping police custody has finally been arrested. Richard Mantler was wanted for several property offences and was picked up late last month by Surrey RCMP. He was taken to hospital for medical treatment. That is when the 46-year-old allegedly ran away through an emergency exit while he was still in handcuffs. Police say that he was picked up yesterday. They haven't said how he was found, but he is currently being held in custody until his next court appearance. And Surrey RCMP also investigating after a stabbing in the 9600 block of 168th Street late last night. Two men were found with serious injuries, one of them with a stab wound. Police saying it is too early to know what led to the attack, but they do want to speak to witnesses. A Vancouver Island family has once again been denied funding for medication that could radically improve a young boy's life. We told you about Landon Alexa's situation last month. Now the six-year-old lives with a rare form of juvenile arthritis. The disease is causing his body to attack itself, leaves him with a crippling muscle and joint pain and nearly no immune system. He was hoping to get a drug that costs $19,000 a month. But the problem here is that it is not covered by Pharmacare. The family say that their request has now been denied for a third time. 
A Maple Ridge vet with a warning for pet owners today. If you're bringing in a sick dog or cat, be honest about your drug use. Jill Bennett tells us why there's now pressure to come clean. Veterinarian Dr. Adrian Walton treats dogs that have ingested marijuana every month. We induced vomiting, gave activated charcoal, and yeah, he seems to have done well. But one of the big obstacles when making a diagnosis is the owner's. The general rule of thumb is people lie to us, brought in by the SPCA. Walton says veterinarians don't care where the drugs came from. They aren't going to call the police, but rather need as much information as possible. We have a three-hour window. If we are wasting time doing all of these other tests, we could bypass that window and make it much more difficult to treat this animal. Dogs exposed to pot become disoriented and can start stumbling. While many find drugs in the home, there have also been cases of dogs ingesting illicit substances in public areas. Surrey's Tynehead Park in the summer and in November at Kitts Beach. We don't put him off leash and I tend to look at what he's sniffing at and because like puppies they go for everything. I work in Gastown so I see lots of leftover drug paraphernalia there. I wouldn't walk her there for sure. With the Canadian government set to legalize marijuana next summer, it's hoped dog owners will be more open with veterinarians if their canines get into their supply. What I'm hoping for is now we're going to have people actually be honest with us up front that these animals ingested marijuana versus what we're currently dealing with. We're basically checking the animal. Being up front can also ease the blow to the wallet. An early diagnosis can be treated for about $50. If a dog needs a more intense response, the bill to treat the overdose can quickly climb to two or 3000 Jill Bennett, Global News. An abandoned restaurant in Kamloops has been destroyed by fire. Yeah, flames tore through the building that once housed the Old Brass Kettle restaurant in Aberdeen last night. Firefighters spent 12 hours at the scene. Investigators are now waiting for the debris to cool down before they can go in and inspect what is left. The fire is being treated as suspicious at this point because the gas and electricity were both disconnected. A wayward eagle from Alaska is being rehabilitated in Kamloops. A young golden eagle was found weak and starving just before the new year on the shores of the Thompson River. Now residents called the conservation officer uh, service who then brought it into the Fawcett Family Wildlife Health Centre. The bird had a GPS tracker on it and that told them it was being monitored by researchers in Alaska. So when staff at the Wildlife Centre took a good look, they soon realised that this bird was way off course and starving. It's still in rough shape because uh, it's not able to keep food down, which is pretty standard for uh, really thin, emaciated birds. Um, so we're still keeping up fluid therapy and trying to tube feed it. Hopefully it turns around and recovers and, and continues to do as well as we hope it does. Yeah, and if everything goes uh, to plan, they hope to release the eagle back into the wild this spring. All right, still ahead tonight, taking inclusion to a whole new level. A dog park in Edmonton with a space for those less outgoing canines that need a little help being social. And right after the break, why President Donald Trump has taken to Twitter to defend the state of his mental health. Stay with us. Welcome back. Well, U.S. President Donald Trump is defending his mental fitness today on Twitter. It's all in response to a new book profiling him and his life in the White House. The whole thing overshadowing this weekend's big, big Republican meeting with leaders from Congress. Inside a chilly hangar at Camp David, flanked by top Republican lawmakers and administration officials, the president defended his own fitness for office. 
was a very excellent student, came out, made billions and billions of dollars, became one of the top business people, went to television, and for 10 years was a tremendous success, as you probably have heard. Deeper than bravado, the president had already used Twitter this morning to address his own psychological well-being. My two greatest assets have been mental stability and being, like, really smart, and described himself as a very stable genius at that. This Trump-style introspection is driven by White House outrage over a new book by Michael Wolff that claims the president's inner circle questions his capacity to do the job. This guy that uh, does it not know me, doesn't know me at all, by the way, did not interview me for three, he said he interviewed me for three hours in the White House. It didn't exist. The president's anger extended to fired former chief strategist Steve Bannon, who cooperated with the author. And I guess uh, Sloppy Steve brought him into the White House quite a bit, and it was one of those things. That's why Sloppy Steve is now looking for a job. The president, who threatened legal action to try to stop publication, complained about the system. I consider it a work of fiction, and I think it's a disgrace that somebody's able to uh, have something, do something like that. The libel laws are very weak in this country. This weekend's Camp David meetings and working dinner did not include the Attorney General, Jeff Sessions. Today, the president was asked if he had directed his top White House lawyer to discourage Sessions from recusing himself in the Russia investigation back in March. Everything that I've done is 100% proper. In other news tonight, the winter blizzard that struck many parts of eastern Canada and the U.S. has caused major frustrations at several airports, leaving thousands stranded and tensions rising. We know it's difficult. We know it's out of their hands. But after all, there needs to be some crisis management. We feel bad. I've been here for over 24 hours. Other people are here over 72 hours. We feel really bad. This is the worst ending to the holiday season here in New York. Yeah, people very frustrated. More than 400 flights were affected by Thursday's storm in JFK Airport alone. This causing massive delays and cancellations. In the midst of the travel chaos, two planes colliding near the terminal last night. The right-wing tip of China, southern aircraft stri striking the tail end of the Kuwait Airways plane. Fortunately, no one was hurt. And people in Atlantic Canada are battling the fierce colds and in many areas the dark after Thursday's so-called weather bomb. The storm knocking out power to many parts of Nova Scotia and thousands still without electricity. An extreme cold warning has been issued for much of Atlantic Canada, including parts of PEI and New Brunswick. The minus 30 Celsius temperatures expected to last throughout the weekend. And major roadways in eastern Quebec had to be closed today. That is due to snowstorms causing poor visibility. In Montreal, many travellers remaining stranded for a third day in a row. At the airport, a cold weather warning is in place for many parts of Quebec and Ontario. Police in Calgary were put on high alert today after an armed carjacking suspect went on a rampage around the city, put several people's lives at risk, including police officers. It was around 5 Saturday morning when police were called to Country Hills Boulevard by Edge Park Boulevard for reports of a carjacking. The alleged victim told police two people forced him out of his truck at gunpoint. The two offenders then sped off in the truck south on 14th Street. The driver's behavior was extremely violent and aggressive, both towards public 
and to the police officers that were responding to it, uh, driving into oncoming traffic, driving at high speeds. A March patrol unit tried to stop the truck at 14th Street at 5th Avenue. That's where police say the driver did a U-turn and rammed the police vehicle head-on. The pursuit continued back up the hill into the Jubilee Auditorium parking lot where the driver lost control and several more police units pinned the truck in. Police say two or three minutes went by with the officers challenging him at gunpoint when he refused to surrender. He was very aggressive, confrontational, exited his vehicle and uh, canine had to uh, deploy the police service dog in order to take him into custody. Police say there were a number of weapons in the truck including a loaded handgun and an imitation handgun as well as other weapons. The frequency that we're seeing uh, handguns in stolen vehicles has increased lately and that's something that our members have to uh, give real consideration to when they're approaching each of these stolen vehicles. Investigators credit officers' professionalism and discipline for the suspect not being shot. As this event was unfolding, um, the offender's behavior was so violent and so aggressive that in combination with him being armed with a handgun um, and his refusal to surrender at the end, this could have very easily ended with uh, our members being required to use lethal force against him in order to stop him. Two people were taken into custody, a man in his 30s and another believed to be a minor. The victim of the carjacking was not injured. Now, after months of preparations, a 12-story building in downtown Nashville came crashing down. They had to use 272 kilograms of explosives. That brought the LifeWays building down to just rubble. In only 15 seconds flat, all nearby roads were closed. A 200-meter perimeter set up around the building. Of course, to keep anyone from getting too close, the building was imploded to make way for a high-end development. I know a lot of people just love watching those time and <laughs> time cool again. It is cool to see. It? Is it like the it's amazing. The years yeah. it probably took to build it and then it comes down. In exactly. 15 seconds. 15 yeah. seconds. Yeah. See you later. I know, I know. Did you have a good New Year? New year? Happy New Year. Uh, yes. Happy New yes. Year. Yes. Happy yeah. New Year too. Yeah, we're still saying that a week on. <laughs> I think, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah there's okay. a two-week grace. Uh, yeah, yeah. especially if you haven't seen anyone. Sure. I exactly. think it's okay. It's still appropriate. I've been saying it still <laughs> no. down the hallways for the last two weeks. Exactly. last week. And I want to say to you that New Year's but Canada's a place for us was brilliant if you were there because it didn't rain. Yeah, it was a nice evening. Because yeah. last year we actually had snowfall and we were tracking mm. snow on New Year's <laughs> Eve. So it was a nice change to even have a dry evening. But speaking of rain, it has returned or it will return, especially late this evening across Metro Vancouver. We're already starting to see it across the island. It'll be a heavier round of moisture. Today it was just drizzle or um, sprinkles for a few areas across Metro Vancouver, but it's going to be much wetter. Uh, we will see a significant amount for a few spots. We're also looking at snow once again for the interior section, so I'll have more on that coming up very shortly. And a wind warning for the northern regions of the island. I'll have those uh, numbers coming up too. All right, brilliant. Thanks very much for that, Yvonne. And Barry, what have you got for us then? Well, the Canucks, maybe they'd love to play the Maple Leafs all the time because uh, okay. they beat them here earlier 2-1. They're on the road in Toronto now and they're leading one nothing as they go to the third. They're getting uh, another goal from Brock Besser and, and a couple of pretty good breaks, to tell you the truth. And the Canucks have not had a lot of those lately. So we'll have highlights of that coming up. Some wild NFL wild card games that have uh, been completed and one in progress right now. So highlights of that. And I have to say, personal note, 
a big career goal for uh, Angelis uh, Grepner delay. You do, uh, sir. First goal as a hockey player for the Alder Grove Snipers today. So oh. someone's getting a milkshake. <laughs> what flavor? I think she can decide. Anything she's at. Well, oh, oh, you thought the milkshake was for me? No, no, it's for her. So she has to decide. Congratulations! Excellent. Good that is, job. That is big news. Yeah. Well yes. done to you. Yes. Well done to you. All right. Brilliant. Thank you very much for that. Also ahead, celebrating uh, Canada's sporting royalty. Uh, the Big White hosting a hero send-off for athletes heading to the upcoming Winter Olympics in South Korea. And Dog Mountain, Burmese dogs mingling with skiers and boarders at Silver Star. This is hilarious. Watch this as well. A place for dogs to mingle and make friends, all within the confines of a new fence. Brian Clemens says coming to the park in the past used to be a safety risk for his dog. It has a dislike for coyotes and chased it into the rail yard. Across four lanes of traffic at 7 in the morning and very dangerous for the dog. Concerns from dog owners eventually got the city's attention. It recently fenced in the entire area and created a special section for shy and small dogs. This park is now a pilot project to see how the city can upgrade its other off-leash dog parks. We're going to be making sure that we don't see any um, safety issues with dogs, especially when it comes to nearby roadways, parking lots, etc. We'll be taking a look at how many new people are visiting the park, what areas people are from. We also want to take a look at the fence design itself. Um, Since we haven't done fencing in many other sites, we want to look at the height of the fence, the style of fence. Are people generally happy with it? Are we finding dogs are jumping out of the site? Neil Brennan lives a couple blocks away from the park. He says his family will likely visit more often. Now at the fence, we can come let them loose and not have to worry that they'll run to the trains or onto that busy road over there. Those on the committee that fought for the fencing say more people are using the park, and those who are, are using more of it. We are going the, along the perimeter, we can go all the way around. Usually people were all in the middle of the park because they can't go to this because there are three big arterial roads around it. The city says more upgrades to this park are coming. As for Clemens, he's grateful for the fencing and says he hopes the city does more. If they could do this at, at a, a few other dog parks in the city, I'm sure they have more people coming out and instead of just walking their dogs on leash. Julia Wong, Global News. All right, great news for them. Now in Health Masters, a new study suggesting that millennials millennials have a stronger drive to be perfect compared to past generations. More than 40,000 college students between 1989 and 2016 were studied. Researchers finding that today's youth are more critical of themselves and of others too. Experts believing that social media might be responsible for the trend because it's causing people to compare themselves to others. The number of students seeking mental health treatment, that has also now gone up in recent years. Yvonne Schall has your full weather forecast coming up next, so stay with us for that. And also, the adorable new crew that welcomes skiers and snowboarders at an Okanagan mountain resort. Stay with us for that too. Welcome back. Well, many people taking down their Christmas tree this weekend and getting them chipped. In Vancouver, there are several options to recycle. The Lions Club is hosting tree chipping events this weekend at four different locations. Uh, You can drop off a cash donation or just take down some non-perishable food items and then you get your tree run through the chipper. So if anybody has their trees, 
bring them down, bring a donation to the food bank with you, donations for local charities, and we uh, disperse the money at the end of the month. Brilliant work. And before we get to the forecast with Yvonne, let me show you this. Silver Star Mountain Resort recently uh, posting this adorable video on Facebook. It is racking up thousands of views. On Thursday, they released 13 Bernese Mountain Dogs into the snow for a big romp to surprise skiers and boarders. And as you can see, they were a huge hit. Uh, dogs are welcome at the resort, by the way. You can buy them a day pass for $15, and all the proceeds then go to the SPCA. And I'm saying that very slowly, Yvonne, because I could just watch that forever. <laughs> it's the cutest thing, isn't it? Very sweet. That's a great way to start off the day on the ski mountains. It's a great sure. day, great yeah. way. <laughs> All right. Uh, we are going to be tracking some snowfall, especially for the interior and higher elevations. But many areas across the south coast, we're already starting to see a wave of moisture working its way in. And we'll continue to see it heavier at times late this evening and overnight for our Sunday. It's going to be much soggier and wetter in comparison to what we're seeing today. We did have a fair bit of cloud cover today. Temperatures are, sit are currently sitting at 6 degrees. A northeasterly wind out of the airport at 9 kilometers per hour. The high today at 7 average for this time of the year sits at 5. And a record on this day of 13 degrees was set all the way back in 2006. Two as a high today for areas near Kamloops, similar for Trail. Soyuz today up to 3 degrees. Central Interior at the freezing mark as a high. Prince Rupert at 5. Victoria today, a, a mild one with a temperature high of 9 degrees. So that moisture is all courtesy of this next weather maker that's working its way in. Many areas across the um, interior sections will start to see that snowfall late this evening. And we are also looking at very very windy conditions just ahead of this front northern sections of the island overnight and for your Sunday morning a southeasterly wind 90 with gusts of up to 110 kilometers per hour it'll start to ease off late in the morning and early afternoon bulk of the moisture across the southern half of the province falling on Sunday and continuing through our Monday here's a look at some of the numbers that we'll see for our Sunday anywhere between 25 and up to 50 millimeters for Metro Vancouver and many areas on Monday will still see another round of rain inland sections along the island and higher amounts for western sections of the island as well. For the piece, your three-day forecast, temperatures up to two with a westerly wind and gusts of up to 40 kilometers per hour. Monday, Tuesday, we do see a chance of flurries returning and cooler temperatures. White horse with flurries at minus nine, a mix of sun and cloud for your Monday. Coastal sections will see rain and heavy at times, 30 and up to 40 millimeters. Lighter precipitation for Monday, Tuesday, but still remaining unsettled. Caribou and central interior, light snowfall for tomorrow between two and up to four centimeters on and off flurries for Monday, Tuesday. Columbia and Kootenai region flurries or a chance of showers, so mixed precipitation over the next three days. And it'll be similar for most areas into the Thompson Okanagan. With the flurries, though, a few spots up to two or four centimeters of snowfall. Monday, Tuesday, it's also mixed precipitation. Whistler with up to five centimeters by the end of the day tomorrow, changing back over to a chance of showers for both Monday and Tuesday. Across the island, we'll see that heavier moisture pushing in late this evening and on and off throughout the day on our Sunday. Monday, another soggy one, and on Tuesday, we'll start to see a reprieve across the island. Metro Vancouver, once again, between 25 and up to 50 millimeters, higher amounts along the North Shore Mountains. It's rain for our Monday and unsettled and a little bit cooler as we get in towards our Wednesday. Sonia? Oh, I think we can handle that. Thanks very much for that, Yvonne. Uh, the countdown is on to the Winter Olympics in South Korea. Today, there was a big send-off for Canadian athletes. Jules Knox of Global Okanagan was in big white for the big celebrations.
is buzzing with energy here. This is the chance for fans to meet Canadian athletes and wish them well on their journey to the Winter Games, which start in just over a month. One, two, three, go! Officials are expecting about 5,000 people for the event, including 20 athletes and several former Olympians. And that includes four-time Olympic gold medalist Haley Wickenheiser. You know, in this country, the Olympic Games, uh, you know, a lot of Canadians don't know our athletes until those two weeks in February every four years. And so this is a way to elevate and to, uh, you know, put them in front of the nation and for the nation to show their appreciation and love for, for the athletes that are going to be uh, going over to fly the flag. Our athletes are so dispersed across the country. They have uh, a chance to, of course, travel the world and are still in many ways competing and qualifying to be on the Olympic team. Any chance to gather our fans with our athletes is a great moment. But Olympics fans won't get to meet the entire Canadian team today. Only a handful of athletes have been officially picked to represent Canada in South Korea. Most sports will name their athletes officially later this month. Jules Knox, Global News, Big White. All right, we'll stay with sport next because the Canucks are on the road in Toronto, of course, tonight, hoping to blow away the Maple Leafs. Barry has got all of the highlights and, of course, the rest of your day's sports. That is next. All right, we'll have a very exciting sports cast for you now because we've got proud dad today. Yes, proud dad. right, of course. My, my daughter did score her first goal. No highlights of that. It's just, oh. a, it's just a rumor at this stage, but uh, <laughs> we'll go with it. All right, we do have highlights of the Canucks, though. Thanks very much, Sonia. Uh, the last time the Canucks played the Maple Leafs, Bo Horvat was healthy, and things were going much better than expected in Canuck land. On that night, Jacob Markster made 35 saves, and the Canucks edged the Leafs 2-1 at Rogers Arena. Since then... Not much has gone right for Vancouver. 3-9-1 in the five weeks since that game. Two great young Americans in this game, Brock Besser and Austin Matthews, both 20 years old. Besser is actually seven months older than Austin Matthews. Chris Tanev's nightmare season continues. Point shot off his own stick into his mouth. He's down and bleeding, leaves the game. And uh, this is typical hockey. His teeth scooped up off the ice by Michael Delzato. Tanev's already missed 14 games with two injuries this season, and he's going to miss more, it looks like. Meanwhile, Markstrom, terrific again. Nice save off Matt Martin. Scoreless after one. Their goalies have to be outstanding for the Canucks to win these days. Second period, Canucks get a chance. Nikolai Goldobin point blank, but Frederick Anderson turns him away. Then the Brock star shows his skill. Knocks down the clearing pass, then takes the return feed from Thomas Vanek and rips it past Anderson. Another incredible Besser snipe. His 22nd leads all rookies, of course, and the Canucks had the one nothing lead. They had a chance to make it 2 nothing just moments later. Louis Erickson on the doorstep, but Anderson gets the pad down. Remains one nothing. Canucks playing much better, certainly, than they did against the Ducks the other night. At the other end, Morgan Riley knuckleball. Do you believe that goes in? Oh, Markstrom's got to make that save. But a reprieve. The Canucks challenge this for offside, and they won the challenge. Morgan Riley brought it in. You saw a leaf trapped in the zone, so it's waved off. At last, a break for the Canucks, and then Markstrom makes up for it. Look at the save off Tyler Bozak. Somehow, with the blocker, how does that not go in? What a save. one nothing after two, 23 saves for Markstrom, and then in the third, the Canucks get their first two-man power play goal of the season. Sam Gagne slaps it in. But Austin Matthews has just scored. It's 2-1 Vancouver midway through the third. 
Oilers and Stars this afternoon. Edmonton snapped a four-game losing streak the other night, but they started a new one today. No match for the Dallas's big line. Jamie Benn scores here from Alex Radulov. 2-0 Stars at that point. They weren't done. Radulov, another superb pass. This one to Tyler Sagan for the redirect. Sagan's 21st. That's a lethal line. Ben, Radulov, and Sagan, seven points combined today. 3-0 after one. Edmonton did at least break the shutout. Leon Dreisaitl on the power play, but the Oilers lose big again. 5-1 the final at Dallas. NFL playoffs now. Wild card weekend kicking off in Kansas City. Chiefs and Tennessee Titans. First quarter already 7-0 Chiefs. Alex Smith to Travis Kelsey. 13-yard touchdown. 14-0 after one. But Kelsey left the game later in the half with a concussion. And that's a big loss for the Chiefs. And it made a big difference in their offense. Although Demarcus Robinson scored a 14-yard touchdown just before half. Chiefs in control. 21-3. But the Titans come back, and this bizarre play really kick-started their comeback. Mariota's pass batted down, but he catches the ball and dives in for the touchdown. Officially, it's a six-yard touchdown pass from Mariota to Mariota. Second time it's ever happened in NFL history. 21-10, fourth quarter. It's a 35-yard dash for cash from Derrick Henry. Cuts the lead to 21-16, and they are getting nervous in KC. Later in the fourth, Mariota over the middle. Great pass into tight coverage. 22-yard strike to Eric Decker for the go-ahead touchdown. 22-21 Tennessee. 19 straight second-half points for the Titans. Late fourth, third and 10. And Derek Henry will rumble 22 yards for the first down to seal the deal. Titans with a titanic comeback. 22-21 the final. The Chiefs have now lost an NFL record six straight playoff home games. Meanwhile, in the NFC, Atlanta Falcons at the L.A. Coliseum to play the NFC West champion Rams. Rams self-destructing early. Farrell Cooper fumbles this kickoff return. Falcons recover, and they turn it into points. Devontae Freeman with the touchdown run with a little help from his friends. 13-0 Atlanta at that point, but the Rams have just scored their first touchdown of the game. 13-7 Atlanta late in the first half. Still to come, uh, we'll preview tomorrow's NFL wildcard game in the red zone and Dustin Johnson playing like the world number one at the Tournament of Champions in Hawaii. Highlights from uh, there when we come back. Stay with us. Welcome back. Two more NFL wildcard games tomorrow. The Bills and Jaguars, followed by the Panthers and Saints. As we saw earlier, expect the unexpected on wildcard weekend. Our wildcard dealer, Chanel, has all you need to know in the red zone. After 17 weeks and 256 games, the playoff is now set. On Sunday, the Buffalo Bills make their first postseason appearance in 17 years when they travel to Jacksonville in a clash of two NFC South powers as the Panthers pay a visit to the Big Easy to face the Saints. The Panthers have won seven of the last nine and have dominated with the run, averaging 175 yards a game in those victories. Despite losing to the Saints twice, Carolina still managed to average 122 yards versus New Orleans. Now running the ball between the backs and Cam Newton may be the key to success as the Saints are middle of the pack when it comes to their run defense. 
Defensively, Carolina was ranked 7th overall and 4th when it came to stopping the run, holding opponents to just 88 yards per contest. But in the two games versus the Saints, the Cats gave up almost 300 yards combined and four touchdowns. Drew Brees leads the second-best total offense in the NFL, which averaged 28 points a game and put up 65 on the Panthers in their two meetings combined. Now the run game, dominant. 23 touchdowns, most in the NFL, and the duo of Ingram and Kamara will be tough to stop. The defense held Carolina to just 33 points in those games and has held opponents to 17 or less seven times this season. New Orleans is favored by six, but since 1970, seven teams have gone 2-0 against the team in the regular season, only to lose in the playoffs. Buffalo will have a problem against the Jags' number one pass defense, meaning don't be surprised to see Tyrod Taylor running for his life. The defense is ranked 26th overall, and that could be trouble as the Jags score 26 points a game, fifth most. But the secondary, 18 interceptions, tied for sixth best in the NFL. The Bills offense is almost entirely built around LaShawn McCoy, but he's listed as a game-time decision as he deals with an ankle injury. Now, if he doesn't play, Buffalo has no chance of moving the ball. The Bills were number six in rushing, shady with more than 1,100 yards. Jacksonville is ranked 21st against the run. Leonard Fournette, a big reason why the Jags were number one when it came to team rushing, 141 yards a game. And when the rookie ran for over 100 yards, Jacksonville was 4-1. 25 or more touches, the Jags never lost a game. They now face a run defense that was 29th and gave up the most rushing touchdowns, 22 of them in the NFL. Jacksonville still one of the best defenses overall. Number two, allowing just 17 points a game second best in sacks with 55 and also second when it comes to takeaways creating 33 of them the jags are nine point favorites and have covered four of the last five at home this program is brought to you by mr lube canada's number one quick lube now offering same day tire services no appointment needed was the director's cut of the red zone. Thanks for that, Chanel. Uh, FA Cup, Man City, Burnley. City with uh, much of the possession in the first half, but in the 25th, after a mistake, Ashley Barnes gets behind the defense, and that is some kind of finish. Thumps it into the short side there to make it 1-0 Burnley at half, but City decides to get going in the second half. Take the free kick quickly. That catches Burnley off guard, and Sergio Aguero scores to not at 1-1. Two minutes later, Ilkay Gundogan with a uh, cheeky back heel. What back heel is not cheeky? Really, if you think about it. <laughs> cheeky. 2-1 in favor of uh, City, and then in the 71st, another pretty one. Leroy Sané makes it 3-1, 4-1 the final, so City moves on to the fourth round of the FA Cup. And a massive deal in the soccer world. It appears Barcelona will pay 240 million Canadian to Liverpool for Philippe Coutinho. The deal makes the 25-year-old Brazilian the second most expensive player in the world behind Neymar. The attacking midfielder played six seasons with Liverpool, 54 goals, including a career-high 13 last season. Third round of the Century Tournament of Champions from Maui. Just another day in paradise. Ricky Fowler from the bunker on nine. 
third shot on the par five. That almost goes down for an eagle. Tap in for Ricky. Four shots off the or five shots off the lead. He's tied for fourth. John Rahm, the German, only been on tour for two years, but always in the hunt it seems. Second shot on the par five, fifteenth. Didn't take much off his game. He's the Spaniard, rather, not the German. From 231 yards out, crushes the iron uh, to eight feet. What a shot! Then Rom steps up and makes the eagle putt. Rom with a seven under 66 today, solo third at minus 12. Everyone is chasing world number one Dustin Johnson. We know he can drive the ball a mile, but here's a great golf shot. With a wedge, had to run it up because it was such a severe slope on the green, and he knocks it in for an eagle, too. What a shot. Johnson matched Rom's 7 under 66 for low round of the day. He leads at 16 under Abbotsford's Adam Hadwin, 31st in the 34-man field at 3 over. And World Cup bobsledding from Altenburg, Germany. Women's race, two-time Olympic champ, Kaylee Humphreys with new partner Felicia George. Just her second World Cup race. She had the great push at the start. Humphreys did the rest, winning her 22nd World Cup medal, 47th career medal. And it was a golden day for the men as well. Justin Cripps celebrated his birthday in style. He and partner Alex Kopatz set a start record on their second run, and they took it all the way down for gold. Olympics begin in less than five weeks. Canada looking strong in the winter sports. Also won freestyle moguls gold and bronze in Calgary this weekend. So mm-hmm. expecting Canada to have a lot of medals in uh, South Korea. Yeah. Five, like I said, less than five weeks. Um, what's generally the kind of medal run rates in the Olympics? Uh, in, in the Winter Olympics, well, Canada's been like, I think, top three in the last two Olympic Games. Mm-hmm. So ever since Vancouver, we've been kind of, oh, yeah. we were kind of knocking on the door before, and then we got all that federal money to let these guys train full time, and now yeah. we're right up there. So I bet you got some good pictures of those times. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Blackcomb with a base of 168, Grouse 205, Cypress 220, and Sasquatch 212. Revelstoke with 9 new centimeters of snow and a base of 156. Manning Park with a base of 115. Powder King with 8 new centimeters of snow and a base of 149. Big White with 7 new centimeters of snow and a base of 160. Silver Star with 5 new centimeters of snow and a base of 146. Sun Peaks with a base of 121 and Apex 144. All right, finally tonight, after more than 25 years in the spotlight, an 80-year-old man from Langley is taking his final bow. I am He's great for anybody who knows him, Alan Cedargreen. He's delighted audiences as the dame in the British-style pantomime every Christmas season since 1991. Tonight was his final performance in his now legendary role in the production at the Massey Theatre in New Westminster. It is a bittersweet farewell. Many fans turning up today to say goodbye. Unfortunately, I don't see too well, so it's a bit difficult for me to do around the eyes. We have a special delivery. This is from Tony and Emily. They just stopped by the stage door. I've had families come up and say, we used to come with our children. And now we're bringing our grandchildren. It's been amazing, and thank you for keeping me so young. Oh, bless. Entertained a lot of people along yeah. the way. Isn't that great? Yeah, fantastic. Really, really great. So well done, Alan, and you can hang up all of that, all of that stuff now. Thanks very much for watching. We'll see you at 11. Good night. Good night.